Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, Meg. Good morning, Don. How are you doing? Doing great. Happy Monday morning. And just wanted to get the update from you as I know that you are going through some of these documents from um, from the time when you had rightfully, as any citizen can do, but certainly a, a concerned parent, you had filed to look at, to have transparency, these freedom of information requests, and you're looking at various documents now that finally are being turned over. Can you update us on what's going on with that? and what you're seeing as the documents are being released. Yeah, so um, I had four cases. The, the county had filed five lawsuits against me to keep these public records hidden. They were consolidated into four cases. They ruled on two of them, and then there's two more that are pending. So um, there's two more cases I'm waiting to be ruled on that should hopefully have a significant um, a number of documents as well. But, I mean, from what I'm seeing, I mean, it just looks like there was a lot of politics involved in our our children's health guidance, which is exactly what I thought had happened. Um, additionally, in the first two cases, the judge had ruled that the county acted in bad faith. So they acted in bad faith and withholding records that they should have handed over. So that was a big win uh, for not just for me, but for everyone, because we don't want a precedent set that an agency can just withhold records because they feel like it. Yeah, It's amazing to me. It shouldn't be amazing, Meg, but how the media spins all of all of the news that's happening in Bucks County. Mm-hmm. And it all goes, unfortunately, toward, I think, politics and partisan politics. And I'm, I'm sad for you that you and, and many other parents have been caught in the middle of this. And that's really what the big picture is. It's easy for me to say mm-hmm. that looking at what's going on. And, and just if nobody understands or maybe somebody's just tuning in, this has been going on. This was the pandemic. Bucks County was a county that said, hey, everybody, we're going to open up post-pandemic. And then suddenly did a, a reversal. And all of us said, mm-hmm. what? What's going on? And all of a sudden, Bucks County was just sort of following in line with other counties, including Philadelphia. And it almost seemed like they missed the talking point memo and then suddenly were pressured to get it. That's what it felt like. And and so now it sure looks like as as the transparency comes forth and as parents like you fight for the fight for the right to know, that's really what we're discovering. Am I right here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that there, there were a lot of things that happened that were about politics and not about public health. And I think also now, two two years later, after all this happened, we have the the facts, the data to say that people like Dr. Damsker, myself, Jamie Walker, you know, you, others who were advocating for kids to be in school since early in the pandemic were right. 
that all of the harm and the things that people were warning about have actually come true and that the science about masks, the science about closing schools, it wasn't, it wasn't actual science. It was junk science. And none of those things really had an impact on actually protecting or saving and saving lives, but they did have a big impact on hurting the mental health, learning loss, and all these negative outcomes for children. Can you, can you tell us about, I want to ask you specifically, Meg, about uh, one of the documents, and this was an email that was mm-hmm. from an official, and we've, we've seen this over and over as these documents are released, that, uh, you know, first of all, there were some real sour grapes and there was a real effort to block parents like you and community members and taxpayers from knowing the truth. But the, this one, it's, it's, um, it's disappointing is, is my kind mm-hmm. word for this because it's infuriating. Mm-hmm. But here's a, a Bucks mm-hmm. County official who's just getting a, a letter from a, a parent who's saying, hey, can you look at the school board meeting? What exactly was your plan? Do you think the residents of Bucks County are, are stupid? Dr. Damsker, he didn't change guidance in 15 months you know, is, is going through and talking about what a disaster this was for children. And do you have any idea what you're doing for kids? I mean, this is, to me, if I were an official and I received this, this email from a parent, this is a plea for help saying, do you understand mm-hmm. the pain and the suffering of children? Instead of responding with some level of compassion that everybody was, hey, you know, we're all in this together or something, you know, to say all of us, you know, this is a tough time and I'm with you and, writing back with a level of compassion for a parent whose children are suffering and the parents suffered too. Can you tell us what the reaction to this was? We now know. Yes. Well, this is an email um, that was sent to the commissioners um, and sent to a couple other local people who were involved in, I guess, who ran local hospitals. And then the email that, I, that we're talking about is um, Diane Marseglia, the Democrat commissioner wrote to it looks like she just basically just sent this to um, to Commissioner Harvey, the other Democrat commissioner. I can read it. It says, if I get one more like this from her, I'm considering sending it to the police or the DA. I've had it with her. She seems unhinged. Not appropriate for the people on the email to be spoken to this way. Which is just pretty shocking because, as you said, the, the, it's just a mother asking questions. And the response that, I mean, again, she didn't respond. It doesn't look like she emailed us to the actual responder. It looks like the email was sent to a fellow Democrat, Commissioner Bob Harvey. But to say that I'm considering sending it to the police or the DA, I mean, she's reported, is she, was she going to report a parent for asking questions? And the other thing for me personally, you know, I had a similar thing happen a year earlier in 2020, in August 2020, when I had asked, let, let the voicemail ask some questions, and my phone number got blocked for 18 months. I got blocked for 18 months for asking questions, and then the county never publicly apologized to me. Instead, they helped helped uh, craft a defamatory article about me in the newspaper, and I had to go and get my own voicemail that I had left and played at a meeting to say, "There's, I'm not even angry in this voicemail. I'm just asking questions, and you're. I had to clear my own name. You're defaming me." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so nuts. Like the, the job of an elected official is to serve their constituents. I mean, taking feedback and feeling questions and knowing what's going on with their community is is like the basic job description, right? Of a yes. local of a local government official. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Really, it's really wild stuff. It's, you can't even believe that 
that when you see it in writing, it's hard to believe it's even real. But, you know, I, I don't think any of us normal people could make this kind of stuff up because we don't we don't think like that. Well, and that's just it. And that brings us to, you know, we just we just had a primary election and now we move forward. And I, I've long said that these school board elections and it started really in Virginia, where I think a lot of parents across the country were awakened to what was going on and that un- unfortunately and, and unbelievably, because I think if you're a regular person, you're living your life and you're doing your job and you're raising your kids, you're not thinking like this. And so we all have to kind of um, make sure that we are aware of everything that's going on. In Bucks County, can you talk about the election process there and what's at stake for who's running and what's going on as we march toward next November 7th? Yeah, in November, there are some local elections coming up. So they're the county commissioner election, which is a big one. And, and again, I mean, I think to your point, people's lives have gone back to normal. So a lot of people, sadly, aren't paying attention anymore but people really you would hope people would have learned a lesson throughout COVID and throughout the pandemic of the importance of local elections because we really saw how local elections whether that was our county officials whether that was our governor you know or statewide officials how that impacted our daily lives and I think the reality is that that's going to keep whether or not you're aware of it, the people you elect to your school board, the people you elect to lead your county are going to impact your daily lives. And I think that people, if they, they want to live their lives, they don't want to have to come to every single school board meeting and with a message of like, hey, let me decide whether or not I want my kid to breathe without a mask on. They need to be proactive and get involved and find candidates that align with their values and find candidates that support, I mean, I think candidates support parental rights uh, because all of these these elections have probably more, I mean, you, I think you can make the case more of an impact on your daily life than even a federal election because they're setting the, the rules, regulations, and routines of things that are going to happen in your sphere and, you know, the institutions you're going to interact with every day. Yeah, and, you know, I think about this, and, and, and I look at the local headlines, whether it's the Inquirer, whether it's even the local TV stations, a Bucks County school district removing books from its library in a, a ban, bans, district-wide book bans. It's just painting this in, in a very different way. How do parents like you who are, I mean, every time I talk to you, you're just the most rational, down-to-earth person. And, and how do you break through? And how, how do those parents and even those board members who simply, who don't want to get political, ever, but mm-hmm. just want to protect kids and the innocence of kids and protect mm-hmm. the curriculum. That's really what this is all about. How do you break mm-hmm. through, Meg? Yeah, well, I mean, I think people just need the same, same way they broke through in 2021. It's, it's First of all, people just need to stop being so apathetic. <laughs> stop being mm-hmm. apathetic. Stop being afraid of everything and everyone and realize what's at stake. I think in 2021, people really realize that, hey, you know what's at stake? My child being able to breathe freely. My child being able to go to school and see their friends. You know, parents and communities are watching the deterioration of their children. I mean, I can't tell you during that time how many people I didn't even know were messaging me, especially parents of teenagers, saying, I don't know what to do. You know, my, my kid is just having such a hard time. You know, they're waiting. They, we want to go see a counselor, but we can't even get their appointment because there's a three-month wait. And it was just so painful for people. And I think that pain led them to get involved. And I, I think people need to realize that the same battles are still happening. The same issues are still happening. It's just uh, maybe they're not 
seeing it directly the way they saw their kid wear a mask or, or struggle with being out of school. Um, and I think people need to realize that uh, that that if you if you really want to build a community, it takes a lot of work. It's not going to just happen overnight. It's not going to happen. You're not going to vote for someone and they're going to save you. You have to actually be willing to to take time from your schedule, become uncomfortable, and do the work. There's no really other way. It's 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 a matter of work. And I think you know how this nation swings, how our community swing is really going to be who's willing to work do the work and and really invest in our children. Can you talk about Moms for Liberty and what the what's going on with the upcoming events, Meg? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like absolutely hilarious how the progressive nationwide, I mean, we're seeing it nationwide, this campaign to point, you know, make Moms for Liberty sound like these extremists, which yes. is hilarious because I've met a lot of the Moms for Liberty chapter chairs and leadership, and they are the most amazing, down-to-earth, normal moms. They're literally just moms who care about liberty. I mean, um, it's 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 funny. I mean, I think that the reason progressives are so afraid of of something like Moms for Liberty is because they understand the power of normalizing civic activism. I think that politicians on the left, the right, everyone saw in 2021 this involvement at the very basic level of normal people getting involved in, in civics in a way that was quite unprecedented. And I think that scares people because they understand if normal people can just can really understand the influence and power they actually have in their communities and that our local communities are what build states and our states are what build our nation, that that is a very powerful force. So I think that's why I think Moms for Liberty is just over the target and people realize that. So they want to, there's this push up on the left to discredit them because it's very powerful to have parents involved in civic, civic activism. Um, but they're having their national summit in June, end of June, beginning of July, which I think is going to be great. They keep announcing new speakers, and everyone seems like it's, it's like really wonderful. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great information and a lot of great connections made between parents who attend the event. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be promoting it and talking about it. Um, you know, it's July June 29th through July 2nd in Philadelphia, and it's the 2023 Joyful Warriors National Summit with a gro- lot of great local speakers. And so you can sign up. I strongly encourage it. But Meg, I would go one step further that. There is something about women, conservative women, normal, everyday, I say moms in minivans and so on, mm-hmm. that the left is terrified of. They do not mm-hmm. want us as, as just regular people going about our lives and they don't want us in, in the media, you know, in the media narrative because everybody looks at us and says, well, we're, you know, oh, she's a normal, normal mom. She's not some crazy mm-hmm. white guy. It was easier, I think. To, to demonize, if you will, you know, white males, right? And the white mm-hmm. privileged males and all that dopey narrative. But I think that they're terrified of just regular everyday mothers uh, mm-hmm. who, who are conservative and maybe they're shocked by it. But I think that's a big piece of this. They don't want that to happen. And I was mm-hmm. stunned in the Inquirer, in the Sunday paper, it was like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and there was a headline and it's saying far right group. I went, what? What far-right group? And then when I saw Moms for Liberty, I laughed out loud. I thought, oh, my goodness. It's funny. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, you just have to laugh. I mean, we we saw the press this morning, local press, saying, calling that uh, John Fetterman wearing a hoodie and a shorts to the Senate as a sign of his healing. I mean, people just need to to stop reading all of that, stop supporting it, because it's it's like – 
I mean, wearing mesh shorts and a hoodie to the Senate. Not appropriate. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not, it's not your kid's basketball game. It's, it's, I feel like, gosh, I mean, it's this crazy. It's, it's, you can't even, you can't even, we're, we're at a point where people often will say we're beyond parody, right? <laughs> the Babylon Bee is going to be out of it, out of a job soon because <laughs> how do you even, how do you even parody that, right? Yeah, it's so true. Well, Meg Brock, is it, so what's your next as far as the court date? Can you update us? Do you, are you going to find out on the other two cases? Yeah, I'm just waiting for a ruling right now on the one. I think the other one is still kind of in a more beginning process. The last case wasn't filed till the end of December uh, 2022. So I think that one's a little behind. But um, I believe that my third case, I'm just kind of waiting on a ruling, but I don't know any specific time right now. Well, we'll wait to hear the update. But thanks for checking in with us, Meg, and all my best to you. Thank you so much, Don. Thanks, Meg. Have a blessed Monday. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.